All right, welcome to Bringing the Heat podcast, episode 22. And today, I'm actually not flying solo for the first time in quite a while. Um, I got our blogger, Leave the Pin In, on here. So he hasn't done a, he hasn't done a podcast with us before. Have you done a podcast at all before? No, this is going to be the first one ever. All right, so I wasn't sure if he had done it before. I know he's, uh, he's written blogs uh, before for golf, but I wasn't 100% sure on the podcast. So first podcast on Bringing the Heat podcast. And uh, we also, so uh, along with the blogs he's going to be writing, he's also going to start up his own podcast through Bringing the Heat. It's going to be just Bringing the Heat, and then we'll put in like in parentheses or whatever, leave the pin in. So, and that's going to be a strictly golf-based um, podcast, and he'll have interviews and stuff like that. So you kind of want to just tell us, you know, maybe like background and, and you know, stuff like that and what you kind of plan on doing with that? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, so I've been involved in golf for, Jesus, it's almost 25 years now. Um, I've done everything from coaching high school golf, varsity golf, uh, to doing private lessons, group lessons. I've even coached some LPGA touring pros that are actually – out playing right now in Australia at the Big Open. Uh, one of them, I'd like to give a shout out to Jane Park, who's actually tied for 10th right now after the second round. She's playing terrific. So I've got a real diverse background in golf. Uh, so the podcast is going to be, you know, bringing the heat, uh, leave the pin in, which is going to be completely golf related, and hopefully some different takes than you would get from the normal golf media. You know, we'll, we'll get into some deeper stories about the individuals and not just worry so much about the score and, and, and who won, you know, and hopefully have a little bit of a lively, lighter take on some of the, you know, crazy happenings that come and go on a golf course. And if anyone out there plays golf, you know, whether it's drunken golf or nine-hole beer league or they're competitive amateurs, you know, you've seen some crazy things happen out on the golf course. Yeah, so that's just going to – it kind of helps us uh, diversify a little bit, be different because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know shit about golf. I could probably name <laughs> five golfers off the top of my head. So like I, I don't know much about golf, so it kind of helps us hit a different different audience. Like I don't – I mean I follow most, sport, most sports, um, but golf is one that I've just never – I could not tell you that I've actually sat down and watched – a thing that like people play golf or like I've never really watched the PGA. I'd see like highlights on ESPN, but to me that doesn't do it justice. It's almost like I can honestly sit here and tell you I've never watched LeBron James play a full basketball game. And I can tell you that I've seen him play a bunch of times based on the highlights that were on television, but I've never actually sat down and watched a whole game of LeBron or LeBron play a full game from beginning to end. So for me, you know, that's why, like, when people compare the two, I don't even, or between, like, LeBron and Jordan, I don't even talk, I don't even enter that conversation because what does my opinion even matter if I don't, have never even uh, seen them really play? So, like, I kind of, it kind of helps us be different and just hit a different sport that is really popular, especially now, like, with the younger population. I see more kids now younger playing golf than I have ever before. Yeah, there's, a, there's an enormous movement um, towards the junior golfers. You know, say kids from 10 to 18 years old. Um, and it's really kind of picked up in the last five years within having podcasts out there and kind of these neat little uh, magazines and books that go out and stuff. And it's kind of a real do-it-yourself DIY attitude with it. And the game's definitely changed. It's definitely getting younger and younger and younger. So those old mindsets of having, you know, the old people with gray hair and cars taking seven hours to play around the golf, it's, it's not like that anymore. You know, it's, it's music on the course. It's hanging out and just being outside and having a good time with it. Yeah, and do you, like I know we're going to go into other sports, but I just kind of want to ask: Do you think it's because you know we do see more injuries in you know like football and and these more contact sports that maybe parents are trying to get their their children involved in something maybe a little less dangerous? I mean, and and there's a ton of money in golf, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you golf is easy. Golf is hard as hell, but I'm just you know I always wonder you know maybe is it becoming more popular because 
one, you can make a ton of money, and your career, your longevity could could is longer. Yeah, I think that's definitely an enormous part of it. Um, but what we're starting to see now is we're starting to see the real athletic kids gear themselves towards golf. So it, it used to be, well, I'll pick it up when my collegiate career's over with whatever sport I play, football, baseball, basketball, you know, because I'm not going to make the pros, so I'll pick it up from there. But now you're getting, first off, the games become cheaper. There's a lot more accessibility. Uh, the old curmudgeon country clubs are kind of by the wayside a little bit. There's a big push for public golf. Uh, and the game is getting so much more athletic. I mean, there's a, there's a rookie out on tour now, Cameron Champ, a little bit older of a rookie. He's 23. Dude's averaging about 342 off the tee. Um, now, that's 342 and relatively straight. And he's got a great short game and a phenomenal uh, – he's a phenomenal putter. And kids look up to him and they see a dude that's like 6'2", 185 pounds, ripped, dressed well, making good money, and is going, you know what, like – I want to be that now. Yeah, it's. I, I've definitely seen like this this bigger movement with it, like you said, and so that's kind of why I, I asked that question because you know it's like every person I know plays golf, and like I'm that one person out of like all. If you put all my groups of friends together, they've all played a round of golf in their life, and it's like I've never. I could barely get by on a mini golf course, so it's like, <laughs> so it's like. I, you know, I've never really. It's not that it's, I don't find it interesting because it is. It is a. It's crazy how it, golf is just so different than any other sport. And one, it takes patience. And for sure, I mean, more. I think you have to have more patience in golf than any other sport. Um, but then, just there's just so many things that factor into it. it it's it's crazy, and it, it definitely. And you see a a bigger wave of younger dudes on the PGA Tour now as well that are competing competing every week. Yeah, it used to be the, the kind of mean average for winners on tour. It was like 35, 36. You know, give guys six or seven years on tour to learn how to win. This dude's coming off the web.com tour that could care less what your name is, how much money you've made off your career. They're, they're absolutely fearless. And that starts in, in junior golf. I, I see it with my youngest son who plays junior tournament golf. And he'll, he'll go for these shots. He's like, I don't care. What's, what's the worst thing that happens if I don't pull it off? I'll get up and down anyway. And it's it's a phenomenal attitude to see. And I, I think you gave me an idea for our golf podcast because you mentioned that you probably couldn't name more than five golfers. So I think what we might do is the next time we're on here is we'll play a little game as to which one of these names is a golfer. <laughs> which, which one of these people is an actual pro golfer? All right. I that would be uh that'd be difficult because I, I like I said I I know Kepka I know Fowler Johnson like I know like the guys that you see on TV you know I right. cannot tell you like a prospect in golf you know I would sit gotcha. here and it would just seem like you know if and and to be honest with you if if Dustin Johnson or or Ricky Fowler walked by me on the street I probably wouldn't even recognize them maybe I think a lot of maybe Fowler because of his bright clothing. Right, and, and if he wasn't wearing that and just had jeans and a t-shirt, you probably have no clue. No idea. And I think a lot of the guys like that. They like that anonymity where on the court they know me because my name is on my bag and my name is on my caddy's bib. But I leave, I put jeans and t-shirt on and take the hat off, no one knows me. Yeah, I think the only golfer ever I would know is Tiger, Mickelson, and, and Daly. If I saw him on the street. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you might see him stumbling in the streets. Yeah. Hey, he lives a good life, I'm sure. <laughs> he, he definitely lives his best life. Um, so even though you're going to be a golf-only podcast, I brought you on here today because uh, you know tons of other sports. So you know, I talk to you regularly. You know, you know your shit. So I figured instead of me doing it myself, it's better to have uh, have someone on here than someone that knows what they're talking about. So, and it also gives you a chance to to introduce your your podcast and what you're going to be doing with that. So, and also he's got, you got people like, I wouldn't say lined up, but you got, you know, quite a bit of people that you'll have a good amount of interviews on there as well, which will be exciting. Yeah. We had, uh, we had one plan for last night. I don't want to give the guy's name away yet, you know, kind of keep it under wraps. Yeah. He's actually, he's playing this week on tour. He's playing at Pebble beach. That's where they are, which is also the, you know, the host, uh, course of the U S open this year. And he's in, 
California. I'm, you know, on the East Coast, so we had a big, big time difference. He finds out the other day that he's got the first tee time of the day at the Monterey Peninsula course and was like, hey, man, look, um, I can do it around like 9, 9.30 at night, but that's past midnight where you are. And I was like, all right, listen, brother, I'm out. I'm, I'm dead asleep by then. So we're rescheduling it, and uh, he will be our first um, interview-only podcast on Leave the Pin In. All right, so uh, those of you that are that are listening to this, you got that to look forward to. So, and I know a couple of my buddies who listen to all my podcasts are excited because they're avid golfers and they know they know about uh, all that stuff. Shout out to Ducey. I know you'll be listening. Um, so, first thing, first thing I want to talk about that really just I saw this today on Twitter and on uh, Instagram, and it made me laugh. And like, I hate to go on these rants, but. The NBA is the shittiest product in all of sports for one. And two, they might be the biggest babies in all of sports. And they might have taken over for soccer because LeBron James was triggered because Harrison Barnes got traded in the middle of a game. Now, those of you that are baseball fans, that shit happens every year, multiple times a year at the trade deadline. And LeBron James is on Instagram going ballistic, saying it's disrespectful, it's rude, and just going on this tirade. And I'm just like, how much of how, how much of a baby could you possibly be? It's not that big of a deal. Guy's still going to get paid a lot of money, and a team wants him more than the team that had him. So just just absolutely insane. So I don't want to go on too much of a of a tire uh, like a, like a rant there, but. I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it reminds me of when uh, the only time I've ever seen a baseball player like thoroughly upset is like two years ago when um, Wilmer Flores from the Mets was just he was sobbing and crying on the field uh, when he got taken off because he had been traded, and then he was crying so much that they actually refused the trade. It was it was freaking insane. But yeah, the NBA sucks. Uh, every year you can. Tell you, I could tell you who's going to make the finals, or it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. So, um, moving on from that because I don't talk too much basketball because it's stupid. Um, so, what do you think of so Patrick Mahomes, quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs? He was told uh, today or yesterday that he is not allowed to play basketball outside of the football season anymore. So, there's a video of him playing basketball with uh, his buddies. And I guess he got yelled at by the front office. Now, I don't know. You know, I don't think they put that into rookie contracts. You know, what what do you think about that? There's been a lot of guys in the past that have had disclosures like that in contracts. If I was him, I'd be more worried about who I'm hanging around with that's leaking these videos of me playing basketball. If it was one of his friends. I don't know if it was a paparazzi or, or whatnot, but you figure a dude with – Mahomes popularity and you know money and connects that he can get a closed gym somewhere and none of his friends you know are gonna kind of rat on him or snitch on him and say hey you know he's he's out doing that I, I would look into that first um, but there's a lot of guys like that I mean you know look if I'm an owner of a team and I'm pumping millions and millions of dollars into this dude and, and I'm looking at this guy as a, a obviously my franchise, but a possible Super Bowl MVP in the future and kind of bringing some rings to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, you know, from that perspective, I want to take care of this guy as much as possible. Yeah. And the opposite, if I'm playing devil's advocate, you know, I'm Mahomes, I'm a, I'm a young guy, I'm, I'm athletic, I'm obviously ultra-competitive. Uh, my buddy tells me I can't do this, you know, like hell, I'm doing it. Just, just to show him up, let him know who I am. Yeah, yeah. So I that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about the like who's leaking these videos, you know. That's that's pretty messed up, but I don't know. I just I guess I'm at the point like it just sucks for athletes. They can't just live their their everyday life, you know. And I guess that's what you sign up for. But, you know, I don't know. I guess growing up like we and I obviously I'm a nobody, but you know, you play like I played baseball and in college and stuff and you know i played basketball all the time as a way just to something to just do so i guess it just stinks for these guys that they can't 
kind of do whatever they want. They're always under that microscope. So it kind of sucks sucks for him, especially if that's something that he enjoys to do. Like there was um, the guy that the Yankees just traded for, James Paxton. He was actually an avid snowboarder. And um, he the Yankees told him like straight up, no, you're not snowboarding. So he's like, I'll, I'll have to wait till I retire. But that's you know just kind of another example that, that I uh, actually just read that the other day. So it just kind of sucks that these guys are just under that 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 microscope all the time. <clears throat> yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, I can relate a personal story. I, I wrestled in college. I wrestled Division One, and, and I wrestled on scholarship. And I got together um, for our floor, for our dorm, and intramural football team. And it was not during wrestling season, obviously, because wrestling's during the winter. And on the first play. From scrimmage, I caught an 85-yard pass. I had to dive for it in the end zone. My pinky dislocated backwards 90 degrees, straight up in the air. (laughs) The advisor, who was one of the professors that I had had, I ran over to her, and I said, how bad do you think this is? She was an ex-phys professor. And she says, I'll pop it back in, but you need to get to the hospital. Every single ligament in there has to be completely torn. So, you know, I did, my girlfriend, my wife at the time, you know, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, took me over there, they said it and everything, so the next day I had to go to see the trainers before practice, and they said, what happened? I said, oh, uh, the other day in practice, uh, you know, when we were drilling, I smashed into somebody's knee, they all kind of gave me this look, you know, like they knew, and I knew they knew, but we both weren't going to say anything. And, you know, I wrestled in a ton of pain for a while, and I had coach bring me into the office and say, listen, um, you know, we heard that you had an intramural football team. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 like, I'm, I'm just coaching them. You know, they're my buddies just kind of hanging out. Definitely not playing, though, coach. And, <laughs> uh, and I didn't. After that first game, I did not play anymore. <laughs> so they never found out? They never found out that it was during that game. But, you know, I, I was scared to death because – they're paying for my college, and I and I had like nightmares of like, hey, they're gonna take my money away, you know, all this stuff because of it. So I can only imagine what it's like when, you know, a billionaire is investing millions into you. Oh yeah, but like, I mean, that they, I mean, I mean, I think rookie contracts nowadays are like twenty four million guaranteed. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a boatload of money for a guy who's. I think I think Mahomes is twenty three, twenty four. I mean, so, you know, he could easily play in the NFL for, shit, 20 years. <laughs> so, I mean, Brady's doing it. So, yeah, I mean, I could I understand where the owner's coming from. It just, you know, it kind of just sucks they live under that microscope all the freaking time. Um, just co- something uh, small that we don't even have to elaborate on. Kyler Murray got his uh, official invite to the Combine. I'm kind of sick of hearing about the Kyler Murray thing. I just, you know... People always complain or, or will say, oh, he'll have a longer career in baseball. He needs to go with baseball. He's too small. At the end of the day, if someone's offering you $24 million versus $4 million, you're taking the $24 million. I don't care who you are. So he can take the $24 million. He could. Johnny Manziel was out of the league in like three years. So Kyler Murray could easy, easily take the $24 million, not make it, in the NFL, not succeed, and then just go back to baseball. Like <laughs> the A's will always have his rights. So to me, I think he just needs to go out and make his money. You know, twenty-one years old, make as much money as you can. Yeah, I mean, think of how many twenty-one-year-olds are playing in major leagues. I mean, that's so far a few between, you know, few and far between because you got to rise up through the ranks. So most major league baseball rookies are older than any other sport. Because they've had years of minor league experience underneath them, so like you said, he could be twenty four, twenty five out of the league. He could be back in, in in the bigs by the time he's twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, and he also what people don't don't even know is he was drafted off raw talent for baseball. He hasn't played. He didn't play baseball for in high school. He played for two years, then he stopped. Then he played his senior year, and then he. Uh, he got he went to Texas A&M but he did not play there his first year um because he then he transferred to um Oklahoma and he didn't play there 
his first year. So he hasn't played. Last year was his first year of playing college baseball and his first time playing baseball in two, three years. So it's kind of like, you know, he's, it was, he was drafted off raw talent. So who knows if he even would have made it. So definitely taking that $4 million over the $24 million would be stupid, especially since he's had more time in football over the last few years than he has baseball. So, I mean, people don't even, don't even think about that, but he hasn't really played much baseball in the last two, three years. Um, so, also, the Raiders still don't have a place to play. Um, at this point, they're just going to have to play every game on the road, <laughs> or they're going to have to find a local high school a high school uh, field and play there. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, to me, like that has got to be the most unorganized franchise in all sports if you plan on moving – and you don't even set like you should have probably set the date for the stadium to be made and approve make sure everything got approved so like you can have a place to play the year before you move but i don't know the raiders are just a clusterfuck they traded away everybody john gruden who the hell knows what's going on there but they're still without a place to play it's <laughs> it's just laughable at this point yeah, they they tend to shoot themselves in the foot uh, repeatedly, over and over, like you do it the first time, you figure, ah, that hurts, I'm going to stop. They just keep doing it. So I, I watched this video of the build, right? If, if you go to, I don't know whatever it is, but if you go to like whatever the Las Vegas newspaper is, mm-hmm. they have a timeline video with this guy who's, I guess, in charge of construction, maybe he's the foreman or whatnot, and he made this point, and, and like no one picked up on it, and I'm listening to him going, this is insane. They are only they don't even have they did, when they built it and when they s- submitted the plans they didn't have all the plans complete and the town the city completely approved it and they said as we progress we're going to continue to modify and alter the plans for the stadium so they never presented like a 360 degree view of what the stadium was going to be because they wanted to be able to modify as they went. And now this thing is becoming a monstrosity that's just eaten up taxpayer money and eaten up time. Um, it's, it's an absolute disaster. Yeah, and it kind of sucks for the players because you're almost like, one, the players already have to move because you're going from Oakland to Las Vegas. So, they, I mean, maybe they don't have to move completely because it's still on the West Coast. But, I mean, you still – most players have two homes. They have their home home and then they have a home that they stay in for the baseball season like in a, or for the, for the season, I should say. Um, right. So, I mean, whether that be an apartment or whatever. So how are they supposed to figure out any plans if – you know, like even if they, they play away from Oakland, like – I mean, at this point, the Giants said no. They can't play at their stadium they're at now. They're going to run out of places in, in that area. They're going to have to start searching elsewhere. So, I mean, it kind of sucks if you're if you're one of the Oakland players because you're kind of like, all right, what the hell am I going to do? I mean, football kind of starts relatively soon. Like in the middle of summer, you know, guys are already port, reporting to training camps and shit. So it's almost, you know, it kind of sucks for some of those guys because especially the younger players. I mean, the pro guy or the, the guys that have, you know, are veterans, you know, they've made their money. You know, they don't have anything to worry about. But if you're a younger guy that maybe was an undrafted signee or, or whatever, you know, it kind of sucks. You know, And those guys don't get paid a shit ton of money. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, so we had a football question on Twitter actually just pop up. Uh, Leon Fraley asks, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, or Jared Goff? Who are we taking? <laughs> and this is coming from a Cowboys fan. Um Leon, you're gonna hate me, but I would go with Carson Wentz. Even though he, uh, even though he's hurt often, when he's played, he's played at an MVP caliber level for the most part. Um, I would say this year people shat on him a lot, but he really didn't play bad at all, and he was playing with a fractured back. Um, so that's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Dak to me fumbles the ball way too many times. He turns the ball over. Uh, but I would take Dak second. Jared Goff, even though he got to the Super Bowl, we saw he's not that good of a quarterback. He doesn't make the best throws. He's not the most accurate quarterback. He sucks under pressure. Uh, if you blitz him, 
he shits his pants, can't get the ball out in time, throws picks. Uh, and and the, the thing that people don't even know, Sean McVay, like Jared Goff doesn't even change plays at the line. He doesn't read defenses. Sean McVay gives him the play at 15 seconds, and that's the play they run. Sean McVay tries to read the defense. Jared Goff doesn't do that. So to me, Jared Goff is is the lesser of the three. Do you have a Do you have a different order? Yeah, that? well, I'm I'm actually gonna go with Jared Goff only because if if we're evaluating total complete talent, then I'm gonna go Wentz Prescott Goff. But if we're going with who the quote unquote best QB is for their situation and, and or what team's going to do the best. I'm taking the, the the dude who's got the number one defense in the league on the other side of the ball and who's got a head coach that, I mean, honestly, if he keeps this up and gets organizational support, might be the next Belichick. Yeah, I mean, they, they are. That's the thing with the Rams. They're so scary because they're so young. I mean, even on offense and defense, they got Gurley. The receivers are all young. Their offensive line is, is fairly young. Their defense, again, all those guys, I mean, even though a lot of them are considered veterans, they've only been in the league four or five years on defense. Like, Aaron Donald's considered a veteran. He's still young as hell. So, I mean, yeah, they, insane. They, got, they got so much talent on that defense. And, yeah, they're going to lose some to free agency, but they'll just pick them up in the draft. I mean, as long as – that's the one thing. We'll see how he drafts McVay. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because he's only been there for a year. They're, they actually got the worst grade for draft. Um, they got the worst draft grade. They, they graded everyone's draft. Uh, it just came out today, and they got a D. Um, but I think a lot of that had to, had to do with none of their rookies played because their team was so stacked with veterans. So um, you don't you didn't really get to see what they could really do because – they're all sitting on the sidelines because there's guys that are perennial pro bowlers every year on on that team. So I mean, I mean that's a question. I'd like that question to come up like a year or two years from now, and then we kind of see because it is interesting. I mean, they're all young, and you know they all. I mean, the Cowboys have a pretty good team too. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, and then the last football thing. Who are we picking for our AAF team? All right, so the Alliance of American Football starts on Saturday. So those of you that thought football was dead, it's not. It's still alive to uh, till April, which I don't understand. They're they're. It says right now that their championship game is at nine o'clock in the morning in April. I'm assuming that's going to have to change. But uh, who are you going with for your AAF team? All right, so my exclusive, right, first time announced on Bringing the Heat Pod, AAF football team. I'm throwing all my money in. I'm an enormous fan. The San Diego Fleet. <laughs> all right, do you care to explain? <laughs> um, they've got the best logo. Okay. I've been to San Diego. I've been on the ship, which their logo is modeled after, right? The USS Midway. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here are the real reasons. Two of their coaches are ex-New York Jets players. And I'm an enormous, long, long, long time suffering Jets fan. Lamont Jordan is their running backs coach. And Anthony Becht is their tight end coach. Now, if you don't follow the Jets, you'd have no idea. Who those two dudes were whatsoever. Anthony Beck was actually one of the worst tight ends they've ever had. I remember, I used to have season tickets, and I can remember him dropping pass after pass in the end zone. People used to bring signs to the stadium when it was the Meadowlands, before it was MetLife. And they got a dude on their team. You watch out for this guy. His name is LaCroix Fiante Gonzalez. <laughs> What do you know about this guy? Anything? I know I know nothing about this guy except for his name sounds like it came from a Key and Peel sketch. So that's my dude. San Diego Fleet is my team. What position does that guy play? <laughs> I no idea. Oh, it doesn't even say? <laughs> it, it does, but I didn't even go that in-depth in my reporting. All right. My research, I should say. He's, on the off- he's an offensive player because I didn't even click on the defensive side. If your team wins the championship game at 9 o'clock in the morning, which could be 6 o'clock if it's on the West Coast, um, 
I will name my next born child that name. Yes. I'm even I'm even thinking and Maybe. I'm talking of when I when I become a fan, I'm I'm all in. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm thinking maybe the San Diego Fleet win this championship. We might have to get an SD Fleet tattoo. Oh, you're, See, you're talking about the inaugural championship. All right. Well, why don't we get it now, and then <laughs> <laughs> you could be uh, ultimate on those ultimate tattoo fails. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, Let's just let's just wait for the championship game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Be a little bit too soon for me. All right. Hey, if you have enough tattoos, which I know you have a lot, and I I have some, I'm gonna hopefully I'll, I'll keep adding to it. Eventually, you have so many of them that you know they kind of just blend in. So I'm sure right. they I'm sure they could do it up nice so that it kind of no one would ever question it. They're they'll be looking unless they really ask you to look at your arm, and then they're like, "Who the hell were the San Diego Fleet?" Especially if the league goes like really bad after one year. Um, it's, it's, it's going to have to, right? Uh, I would think it's probably not going to last, but okay. I'm not going to, I would not bet on that. I'm not a betting man. Every time I bet anything, I lose. Um, well, I'm betting on the San Diego fleet. Okay. Um, my pick is going to be the Memphis express. Um, I've never been to Memphis. Uh, I don't know anything about Memphis other than it's in Tennessee and they're, it's the home of the Grizzlies and Justin Timberlake's from there. Um, but I'm going with Memphis because of one reason. Mike Singletary. Googly eyes, Singletary. Um, I've obviously been a Bears fan, so I kind of went the same route as you. I've uh, been a Bears fan my whole life. Obviously Singletary, great defensive player for the Bears for many years. Uh, was on the 85 team that I wasn't alive for, but try to pretend like I'm excited about it because the Bears have sucked for the majority of my life. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Memphis Express. They have, in my eyes, the best roster. They got Christian Hackenberg. Hey, you were a Jets fan. He yep, was on the he, Jets. I, I saw him fumble twice in a preseason game. Yes, he's he's not good. Um, they also got Zach Mettenberger, who actually, I was a fan of him when he was at LSU. Uh, I like Zach Mettenberger. Uh, other than that, oh, and they have Zach Stacy, who played for the Rams for a little while. And honestly, the what's funny because I looked at the rosters for all these teams, the people that I know the most are the kickers, and that's sad because kickers have taken such a turn for the worst that they had to resort to the AAF because they can't keep their jobs. It's so bad. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who to look out for on the Memphis Express. Oh, you're gonna give me a name? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. One of their guards, top notch dude, Jessamine Dunker. I'm I'm trying to look at it, trying to find it. Oh, I see him. He's, yeah, he's he's your guy. He Jessamine he's Dunker. He's so good. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Some of these guys or, have a Wikipedia page. He doesn't have one. But he doesn't need it because guards, guards are low key dudes. They're in the trenches. They do their job. They go home. Do you we see the? Know who. Do you see the Oni Omoili guy? Oh yeah, I see that. Do you see? You see who their secondary coaches? Second, uh, let me look at coaches. I'm only looking at their roster. Oh, here the we coaches go. Are, coaches are the best part of this league. I don't think I. I don't have it up like here. Mike, Mike, Michael Vick is coaching. The Atlanta Legends. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I don't know if that's a good PR move for them. <laughs> uh, I don't think they care. Because, um, I mean, he's an Atlanta legend. He really is. I mean, someone said something like, uh, good thing there's not a dog team on here. I was like, that's kind of messed up. Mm. Yeah, he probably would not coach that team. Yeah, most likely not. Even if it, you think if it was in Atlanta, they would give it to him. Atlanta Bulldogs. Oof. There's, it's possible because he's loved in Atlanta. And, and, and but but you have the Georgia Bulldogs already. Yep. That's really this is true. You know, cornering the the canine market in terms of uh, team names. 
Yeah, this is but true. But you should, as a Memphis Express fan, I'm a little bit disappointed in you. As a Memphis Express fan, you should know that their secondary coach is Oshio Mogo Otogawe. <laughs> they got some of, I didn't know they, is that Japanese? Oh, I, I, I'm not sure. Otogawe. I think that's Otogawe. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, he played for the Redskins. Did he? Yep. You're lying. No, he, he, he was with the Redskins in, in 2011. Hmm. Yeah, Interesting. Played for the Stanford Cardinal and uh, played for the Rams, played for the Redskins, the Eagles, and I mean, let's be honest. Most importantly, the Memphis Express. Yeah, the the best the best. Put the Memphis Express against any team: NFL, college, XFL, arena football. They're going to beat them all. All right. So Memphis Express, San Diego Fleet, championship game. We go all out. But uh, we should buy tickets to the game. I looked at, I looked at uh, jerseys. I'm like, oh, they can't be expensive. I looked at like apparel. They were like a hundred dollars. It's a high class league, man. Yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to pay off, uh, pay off their players. So they're like, you know what? We gotta, we gotta pay these contracts we guaranteed. We're gonna charge a hundred dollars for a jersey that. It's probably a shirt jersey, like a t-shirt jersey. It's probably not even like an actual jersey. I would love to see the numbers behind the apparel sales after like the first month. Maybe this league just blows up though. Like maybe it, it really does. Because apparently like there's not going to be many flags. They're going to let guys hit each other, which I hope they have good insurance because the NFL doesn't even want people hitting each other. So I don't know going to be uh it's going to be exciting i'm, I'm going to go all out i might invite some people over watch some football on saturday just make it rowdy in here i don't think there's many people talking about it right now i i, I have a feeling we're truly at the forefront we're, we're at the cusp of, of what could be the next great football revolution and that's why people should listen to bring in the heat because we got ahead of this before everybody else uh it, it's truly we sh- maybe we could work a deal become strict podcasters for the AAF. I'll write blogs um, for AAF. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Uh, I think honestly, when 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 you when this drops, we bombard them on Twitter and, and let them know that you've got two of the biggest fans in it, the country. Yeah. Also doing podcasts and it's free exposure for your league. We should paint our face and put it on Twitter like Put it on Twitter or paint something, put it on Twitter and just like really make it seem like we are like balls to the wall on this team, like going all out. And I guarantee you we get a retweet. I don't know about anything else, but definitely probably not a follow, but maybe a retweet. I'm thinking we find someone good with Photoshop and Photoshop pictures of us at these at, at the game. games. <laughs> um the only thing is, I think they might be able to tell like it's really, really fake because I don't think there's going to be many people there. Or we're going to have like – I can just picture like they have a picture of the stands and like everyone's going to kind of look like a little grainy and there's going to be like this high quality like picture of like us in the stands and they're going to be like – you could just tell by looking at it that it doesn't fit. Yeah, I'm wondering how many tickets they're actually going to like paper at the office. You know, just give away for free instead of instead of selling. I'm wondering what they're you know because obviously they they do cost analysis and and they do research and they go out and, and, and they've got these people prognosticating about how many fans we're going to be able to get and stuff. I, I wonder what their numbers are. Like, I wonder how many fans does the San Diego Fleet, the number one team in the AAF, plan on getting per home game? Well, this is how you do it. You take each player, and then let's just say each player is married. They have a mom and dad. Uh, maybe their grandparents are still alive. And maybe they have, like, a child. I don't know, something like that. So, like, let's just say each each player gets six people and times that by the number of players in the league. There you go. All right, so... 2,500 to 3,000 per game. I wonder if they consider that a success. Uh, I don't know. To me, like I don't think they've advertised enough, so I would say yes. If you get 3,000 people at a game, um, I would say yes because 
I might have seen one advertisement for the AAF, and that's when I brought it up on Twitter. Yeah, if you are not searching for this, it, it's not coming to you. No, it, it's not going to just pop up out of nowhere. Like, if they were smart, they would advertise on like Facebook and shit or Twitter, like everywhere. Like every time you look up AAF, like so, you ever look up like a pair of shoes, and then you go on Facebook, and that same pair of shoes is just constantly on your your feed or something like that. Yeah, it's because of all the Russian bots that are out there hunting me. Well, <laughs> they should do that. They should hire some Russian bots and just put them all over freaking social media like that. So I've looked up the Memphis Express. Every time I go on Facebook now, they should be bombarding me with asking me to buy tickets or something for Memphis Express. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the initiative. Um, you can follow if you're interested on Twitter. It's at leave the pin. It's at leave underscore the underscore pin. And I'm going to go right now. I'm going to look up the San Diego fleet and I'm giving them that follow. <laughs> I actually already followed the Express. So you'd be following me. You are uh, a bigger fan than myself. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I have bought into uh, this lifestyle. Yeah. All right, you you may have bought in, but I'm going to tell you this: I am only one of 543 fans following the San Diego Fleet. Shit, uh, you have a shot to get noticed, without a doubt. You should link. You should be a golf slash San Diego Fleet podcast only. Okay, shows how good I am on Twitter. That was the San Diego Fleet's official fan page. They <laughs> only have 543. The actual San Diego Fleet, at A-A-F-F-L-E-E-T, has 11.8 thousand. So 11.8 thousand and one click. That's pretty solid. And they were smart by putting a team back in San Diego because the Chargers left. That's a savvy business move. Yeah, it's smart. Because um, those fans, you know, they kind of have nothing now. There's nothing there. February 9th, people, this Saturday, okay? San Diego Fleet open against their arch nemesis, San Antonio. Uh, I'm going San Antonio by a landslide. I think Tim Duncan's going to play wide receiver. He's going to come out. And he retired from basketball, so he could train for the last two years. To play for the San Antonio, what did you say their name was? Um, I, I I didn't because it's not listed. Oh, so yeah, so Dark Horse this, Tim Duncan, he's gonna play. They've got it. They've got a sword on their shield, and it looks like the Alamo. Oh, I think it's Crusaders. That's pretty dope, the Alamo. Maybe I should have chose them. Is it the Alamo? Uh, no, the, the Al- There's a picture of the Alamo on their shield. I thought it was Crusaders, but I could it be might wrong. Be. I don't know. But all I know a great is matchup for week one. Let me tell you, AAF has had more burn on our podcast probably than any other talk show. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, I just want to go into UFC really quick. Uh, I'm not going to elaborate too much on this. I just kind of want to say Anderson Silva. I don't know what the hell you're doing. You're fighting a guy that's 15 and O. He has 60 professional kickboxing fights. And he's he won like fifty of them by knockout, guy. You're gonna get your ass kicked. He's finished everybody he's fought so far in the UFC. Anderson Silva, I love you, but it's time to hang it up. You're like forty two years old, dude. They let Chuck Liddell fight at forty five. Why are they letting you fight? I mean, he was a goat without a doubt. But Israel Adesanya is he's like Anderson Silva. Before or now, like he's the current Anderson Silva. It's going to be, oh, I'm not going to even buy the pay-per-view because there's only two good fights on it, but I'm not spending $70 on that. But uh, yeah, so Anderson Silva, I hope I just hope you don't die while you're in the octagon because I've been a huge fan for a long time. And and you, you trained in, uh, what did you train in? I know you did some MMA stuff. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did Muay Thai as a stand-up, so I love Anderson Silver. Uh, and then I did BJJ as a ground game. Funny enough, is I actually trained with Rich Franklin for a week um, 
And Rich Franklin, being a heavyweight UFC champ, a heavyweight UFC Hall of Famer, um, he actually had great things to say about Anderson Silva. These fantastic stories about him. But if I'm Anderson Silva, I mean, and, and with the grotesque compound fracture injury that he had, I mean, the fact that he came back at all back in the day was amazing. But then oh, yeah. again, to come, to come back now at that age, it's, you know, those scars do not go away. Those mental scars do not go away. And anytime he goes to check a leg kick, you know, uh, he it's not 100% anymore, no matter what he says. There's no way it can be. Yeah, and he's never been the same since that. I mean, he... And well, don't also you can't fail to mention he hasn't fought in two years because he can never pass a drug test. He's been popped for roids a bunch. Of, well, I guess I'm not going to say roids, performance enhancing supplements. Um, so I mean that he hasn't he really hasn't fought much. The last time I think he's had a fight before this last one I saw. I think I'm pretty sure he he did fight Daniel Cormier at one point uh, as a replacement fighter, but I don't I don't know if he's fought since then. I, I think he has, but. Uh, I'm not even 100% sure on that because he's been out so many times from from being suspended. Um, but I'm only going to make predictions on, on the last two fights because, I mean, there's some good fighters on the card, but um, I just, I don't know. The, the, to me, the fights, the, this card kind of sucks. But So, obviously, I'm taking Israel Adesanya over Anderson Silva. He's the heavy favorite at minus 600. Anderson Silva's plus 425. I mean, if I was gonna, if I was a betting man, I would probably, I would probably bet on Silva winning because I think he's been so skilled in his past that at least, you know, if I bet like twenty bucks on it, you know, if he won, I'd win a lot of money on it. But um, I don't think he's gonna win. I think Israel Adesanya is gonna win uh, by a lot. I think he's gonna finish him in the first round, probably by knockout, because uh, we see all the time as guys get older, their chin just doesn't hold up. And then the last one, Robert Whitaker fighting in his hometown. Uh, this is all in Australia. He's fighting Kevin Gastelum. Uh, to me, Whitaker beat the best um, middleweight in the game or be- best contender. Contender? Can- Whoa, I can't freaking talk. Contender. Um, and Yoel Romero, he's beaten him twice. I think he finishes Gastelum in the second round. So that's it for UFC. I'm not- that's a shitty, shitty card. Um, so MLB, not, not really a ton here. 15 days away from spring training. Super excited for that. Um, it's 14 days if you count the game in Japan, but I don't count that because it's at like five in the morning and no one's going to watch that. There is a better chance that more people will watch the Memphis Express than that five o'clock game on, uh, the 14th or no, the 21st of this month. Um, because who, let's be real here. If you're on the West coast, that's at what? Two o'clock. Yeah. 2 a.m. So are you going to get up if you lived on the West, West coast to watch a spring training game at two o'clock in the morning? Not even if it was my Cardinals. All right. Yeah, exactly. So I'll be honest with you. I love the Yankees. I'm a huge Yankee fan. If they played any game ever at two in the morning, I'm not getting up to watch it. Um, that's why they, they got DVR and stuff. You can watch it whenever you want. Um, Frank Robinson passed away, uh, so RIP to him. He's been obviously he was a legend of baseball. Anybody who knows baseball knows that. Um, Phillies made a huge trade like two hours ago, three hours ago. They got JT Real Muto, so they uh, JT Real Muto has finally been traded, and they got rid of Sixto Sanchez. Is that? Do you think that's how you say that? I don't even know how. It's spelled S I X T O. Sixto Sanchez. So, um, yeah, he's going to Miami. Watch out. Marlins are going to be good in like two years. And then they're, they'll be, they'll contend for like two years and then they're going to trade everyone away. Um, I think this was the end of the Marlins fire sale. There's nothing left to give. There's nothing left to put out there, you know? Yeah. And they got some young ass arms on that team that like, I think like, Three or four of those guys on, on that team, uh, starters, throw like 98, 99. So I think that they have a, a – I think they have a good future. I mean they've been – I mean they sold how many guys? I mean you would think that they got a decent return. Plus they've sucked for how long. They've been compiling picks. I mean we kind of saw it with the Astros. Astros sucked for how long and 
you know, finally all those picks started to work out, and they are. I mean, they have a shot to. To me, they're if the Yankees aren't going to the World Series, I think the the Astros are going to go back again. So, um, Machado and Harper still aren't signed. Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on there. Um, so do you have to add anything for the Cardinals before we do this next seg- segment? Because I know he's also a huge Cardinals fan. Just uh, you know the fact that. We have a great hitting first baseman again. You know, we, we, we've got someone in the, in the vein of Keith Hernandez. I mean, I love the way Goldschmidt plays the game. I love the fact that they can move Martinez off of first. It gives Carpenter home at third. Um, you know, realize that he can play anywhere in the infield. Um, not that they're going to ever put him in the middle infield. He's always going to play the corners first and third if, if, uh, you know, he's not pinch hitting, but I, I like what Goldsmith's addition to the team brings. It brings another clubhouse leader in the same vein as kind of Yachty and Wayno. Um, they resigned Wayno, Wayno again, and people are pissed about that, but I think he's going to come out of the bullpen. I think he's going to be fantastic there. And, and a dude like that, that, that dude's worth three to five million a year just to have him in the clubhouse. Yep, it's kind of like Sebastian. Yeah, exactly. Just to have that that cardinal way, you know, and have a guy that epitomizes it. Yeah, you know, Yachty is is just he's he's immortal. I mean, that dude doesn't slow down. Um, I was a little bit mad that they that they traded away Kelly, one of their top, actually probably the top player in their minor league organization, who was supposed to supplant Yachty as their catcher of the future. Um, you know, that was supposed to be three years ago. And dude's still going strong. Yeah, that guy's so I'm, I'm ageless. very excited for baseball season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cardinals, I've always, obviously I'm a Yankee fan, but I've always been, I've always kind of idolized what the Cardinals have done because a lot of times they do it in-house too, which is like, they, they it's kind of like a revolving door. Like they can re- kind of replace guys like at will and they just find these these talented guys um, often and they get, it, they get them from all different levels. For a while there, Matt Adams was playing first base who, you know, he was a solid player. He's from Slippery Rock. I mean, they yep. just kind of get these guys from from all over. So I, I kind of always liked what the Cardinals have done. And like you said, Yachty is guy's ageless. I mean, he's, <laughs> if not the best catcher, top three, four catchers in the league defensively. And uh, he's, what, the oldest one, I would assume. So, I mean, he's he's, you know, a legend without a doubt. First ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's the Tom Brady of, of Major League Baseball. The Cardinals are almost, you know, almost like the Patriots, where they just find people to plug in. I, I think they have the best minor league organization, you know, and, and as well they should. I mean, they're the, basically the team that founded minor league baseball, you know, and having a farm system. Yeah, I mean, like it's like, like they might not have the number one, uh, like farm system as far as talent, but the thing is, it's like those guys, the guys that they draft. They might not be top hundred prospects in baseball, but they always seem to pan out when they make it to the show. It's it's incredible. Like they don't need to have a top top farm system as far as you know top prospects because once they get to the show, it doesn't matter. They perform well anyway. It's it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, everyone, everyone plays their role. Everyone yeah. plays their role so well. Yeah, it's it's always good to see with, with the Cardinals. Um, so the last thing that we do, we've done this before. This is the first time you've done it. Uh, we normally do it with three people. There's only us two today, so we're going to go back and forth. So, And then I'll put it on Twitter. I'll put the poll up to see who won. So we do this thing called three up, three down. You get three picks. We do a draft. So you'll start, then I'll go, then you go, then I'll go. We'll just go back and forth till we have three picks. Um, so our, it's like a snake draft basically. Um, so what we're going to talk – so what we're picking are – uh, our favorite ballpark foods. So whenever you go to the baseball field, since baseball is coming, you go to a major league game, minor league game, whatever, what is your favorite thing that you get or you have to get every time you go? You get the first right. pick. Since I get the first pick, I'm going with an all-time first ballot Hall of Famer, hot dogs. Hot dogs, all right. That would never make my list. <laughs> Uh, I just a lot of times there's sabrettes and that's just not my style. Um, my first pick uh, is going to be the the K 
candied almonds. So they're like cinnamon, the cinnamon almonds. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a thing that they do like at the Iron Pigs games and stuff. But every time I go to one of those games, I get them. They're my favorite. So I'm going to go with the cinnamon almonds. That sounds like a really shitty pick, but I like it. Sure. You're basically taking nuts. Yes. That's your first pick. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so we got hot, hot dog and nuts is the first pick. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Um, all right, you're next. Oh, wait, no, I go again. I forgot it's snake draft. Um, oh, shit. I, I didn't even think about this ahead of time. So, uh, I'm going to go with the, like the chicken fingers and fries combo. Ah, that's, you took one. You took one from me. All right. So I had to go with the chicken fingers and fries combo. Honestly, I don't even really like chicken fingers, but I don't know. It seems like it's like, I think it's cause every time we go, my wife gets them and then she doesn't want them and I always end up eating them. So I don't know. That's my pick. You're up. All right, so I'm gonna go with I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna label this pick as like a regional favorite. Okay. Okay. Um, so you go to Pittsburgh, you get from Anthony Brothers. Yep. Right. Um, you go out to L.A. and they probably have like some some weird you know wagyu beef. They pr- type no. Thing. They probably got pot brownies out there. But uh, sprinkle a little bit on top. They got it. Yeah, yeah. But so I'm gonna go with one from the Iron Pigs, and this is it's called a Three Little Pig Sandwich, right? It's a regional kind of favorite, and it's bacon, ham, and pulled pork with barbecue sauce. In what? between two hamburger buns. I'm writing all this down. <laughs> So I can put it on the thing. That sounds good, but I think my stomach would be destroyed. Your stomach will love you. All right, you get another pick. Your last All pick. Right, so, so I, I'm I'm going back and forth here, um, but I've got two kind of main course meals, if you will. Okay. So now it's only fair that I throw dessert on top of that. Okay. And I'm I'm going to go with ice cream. But there's a caveat to that. Only if it's in a team batting helmet. Oh, all right. So I would have – so when I was a little kid, so I actually live – now I live in the town where I grew up. So I lived here and then when my – I was like five or six, my parents moved. And then now that I'm older, I actually moved back and there's an ice cream place like – a mile from where I live and every when I was a little kid growing up, my dad would always take me there and I would always get uh, a vanilla ice cream with sprinkles in a team helmet. There you go. I, I like that pick. That's a good pick. Um, my last pick, I already got my dessert, cinnamon almonds. You know, I sound like a health freak and I'm not. Uh, I'm actually uh, overweight. Um I'm gonna go with, you know, I'm gonna go with the nachos. Just you know, I don't know. Nachos are like a staple in every time you go to a, a place, a baseball game. There's always nachos, and it's never like they never got like the salsa with it. It's always just that wit cheese whiz, mm-hmm. but it's good. I don't know that cheese whiz always tastes different than it does like if you buy it at the store. I don't know if it's because it's like super hot and the chips are hot. But I don't know. It's a it's something that it's always there. You always smell them. You always see them. Oh, but you know what we forgot? We forgot the all shucks corn. You know, my family's big, big fans of that, and I'm not. Really? I'm not. Wait, I'm not wasting four fifty on that. If I'm going to waste four fifty, and I'm I'm going to sabotage the actual pick here, I'm getting one of those ungodly sized big hot pretzels. Okay. I love the corn, man. I, I don't know if you've ever been to Music Fest, but the corn, they have the same thing there. And I might, I just destroy those things. I might get two or three at a time. It's, it's, it's amazing. I don't, there's no other words for it. We might, we might need to get that company to sponsor the pod. Oh, shucks. Yeah. There's also a, uh, there's a pretzel place. So at, have you ever been to Music Fest? I have not, no. Well, 
you got to do yourself a favor. Go to Music Fest this summer, especially if you love food. Um, but they had there was this pretzel company. I don't even know what the name was, but they would put a Philly cheesesteak in a hot pretzel. It was life. That sounds amazing. It was life changing. I've never had anything like it before. It was incredible. Um, so that was our three up, three down. I'm gonna post that on Twitter and see which one of us won. Um, before we go, do you have any any WWE stuff you want to talk about or no? WWE sucks nowadays. That's the only thing people need to know. Word, it does. It's really bad. Don't watch it. Wait until AEW. Not to be confused with the AAF, but AEW, All Elite Wrestling. The owner, um, Shark Khan, I believe his name is, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is putting a ton of money behind AEW, which is All Elite Wrestling, featuring uh, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all those guys that were in New Japan and Ring of Honor, Chris Jericho, and he's, he's going to try to compete. And he's a guy that's got Vince McMahon money, so it can be done. Yeah, because Raw just like Raw and SmackDown, WWE in general is just not cutting it. It's horrible. I talked to Rob about this on the podcast. Like, I watch, I've been watching from 98, and I'm going to, I'm determined. To get, if I want to save money, because I told myself I'm not canceling WWE Network until I run through every episode until like 2003 or four. So I'll probably be having WWE Network for a long time. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, it's 52 because there's they had one every week, yep. <laughs> so 52 episodes a year. Yeah, but the WWE is pushing the, the women's division so hard. I, I kind of wish they'd give them their own show so it can monopolize so much time. They're running this angle with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, who people know from you know UFC fame, quote-unquote, if you will. I think she was just the right place, right time type girl because the girls nowadays are light years uh, beyond her. Well, we know that already because she looked like the wacky, wavy, inflatable tube man when she fought Amanda exactly. Nunes. Exactly. <laughs> And so they're running an angle, which is basically the same thing that they did with uh, Daniel Bryan two, three, four years ago when he won the belt at WrestleMania in New Orleans. It's the same thing they did with Stone Cold and Vince, but they're doing it with women now, and they plan on having the women main event WrestleMania. And I'm cool with that, because then I can get to bed a little bit earlier. (laughs) Uh, Hey, that is not a bad idea. That's not a bad thing. Go because it's on a Sunday, you know. It's like it's like, on a Sunday. It's going to be an odd, ungodly amount of time. Uh, Royal Rumble is six hours. Mania is usually close to seven. The pre-show will start at four or five, and this thing will run till eleven fifteen, eleven thirty. You going to run any bets on WrestleMania? I run bets every single year on Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Uh, but I think maybe when the time approaches in April, you know, maybe we do a pod uh, about that and we get the people's thoughts out there. A re- we should do a WrestleMania only pod, only talking about wrestling. Yeah, we'll go through the the matches, talk a little bit about the storylines, and and uh, throw our bets at you know uh, again about who's going to win, and then we'll see how those play out. I think The Rock's going to make a guest appearance again. I could see that happening. He's, they need some type of star power nowadays. He's been saying he's going to come back. I've been reading articles saying he can't wait to get back in the ring. Obviously, I don't think it'll be a full-time thing, but... Uh, no, and he's going to have to be well in between movies because there's nobody that's going to pay him 25, 30 mil a movie. Hey, just like we talked about before with Mahomes. Oh, yeah. No one's going to pay him that much money and let him get injured in a ring, no matter how quote-unquote fake it is. I know. I just want to see him get Stone Cold Stunnered one more time. That would be amazing. Yeah, he sold it the best. Hands down the best. All right, well, that was the first Bring in the Heat podcast with uh, Leave the Pin in. So I hope you enjoyed it. Loved it. Absolutely love it. And uh, again, Sunday night, we're going to record our first Bring in the Heat slash Leave the Pin in podcast, which will be golf only. And... uh, you know, that'll be posted next week, and we'll just keep everything rolling. You know, very, very excited to be part of the Bringing the Heat podcast network.
Yeah, and we're excited to have you. You could bring a lot of knowledge, uh, not just golf, but really everything. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Kind of have a we actually have kind of like a team now. So and I really I would love to do a podcast with me, you, and you haven't met Master Splinter yet. So you'll have to I've meet only him. I've read some of his work. <laughs> uh, let's just say he's not a fan of fake melons. <laughs> Uh, everyone that's listening, thanks for listening. Shout out to DJ Quads for supplying the music. And uh, just make sure you share, retweet, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, follow us, uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And uh, hope to you know, see you guys next time.